Hello and welcome to Dungeon Protocol. This is a D&D podcast, which we're going to go from just the bottom, you know, you know nothing about D&D, to being a really good, diverse um, player, just, you know, having the ability to roleplay with others and to work well with others, because it's a group setting, and I think every player should know how to play with others properly and to make everyone have a greater experience. So I'm Zach. I'll be the main host for this podcast, and I'm going to have my other two uh, hosts, co-hosts, introduce themselves in a second, and I'll just be on most of the episodes, and I think I should let you go meet my next host, Jake. All right. As Zach said, I am Jake. My main thing is going to be introducing you to a new spell once a week or once an episode. And hopefully, I will get you to understand the basics of spells and, like, just see how complex and the funny things you can do with them with a bunch of different spells later on. All right, and now Michael will speak. Hello, I am Michael. I am a um, D&D player, and I'm not really going to specialize in anything. I'm just going to try to give my... Like opinion and what I think, and just kind of my input. Should we? I think it is now time right. to start. So, for this episode, I believe we want to talk about like ground zero. What class do you want to play? Right? Yeah, so we're going to go over the yeah. classes, and yeah. All right, so. Should we go from like, all right? So I think we like should explain the relevance. characters, and like here is your long range okay. voice characters. Here, let me yeah, let so... me introduce this. Can I introduce this real quick? Sure. Yeah, all right. So when you're making a character, you have your character sheet, and generally, what your character can do is dependent on your class. Without your class, your character is no better than a commoner that has nothing to their abilities. So, when you choose your class, you're going to be choosing what you're playing. There's options to choose more than one classes later on. I'm not going to get into that. All we're doing is focusing on, let's say you're level 1. What do you choose your class to be? Because that is generally the first step I have players do when I run a campaign. I don't worry about anything else before the class, because I think the class is the most important part. Without the class, your character... And your options for your other things would not have any purpose. So, I think we should start off alpha or not alphabetically. I think we should start off by the whole uh, fighting to spell casting. So, yeah. So start with right. barbarian. You start with barbarian. All right. Um, so, should I start explaining barbarian? Um. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think the best way to explain these is to show, uh, like, explain examples. So I once played a dragonborn barbarian, which is basically a dragon, but human. So if you think about that, but don't get caught up on that. Don't have to worry about that yet. All you have to worry about is that barbarians get a couple main features. They are strong, and they're harder to hit, and they're really, like, hit point heavy. And they can also rage, which makes them do more damage as they're stronger. You know, think of a rage, you're really mad. Your adrenaline's kicking, so barbarians are really good at just ignoring physical effects, but they're not as good with mental. But generally, you look at a barbarian, big guy that wants to really deal a punch, but is more focused and can really take a punch as much as it can deal. 
Do you yeah. think any of you guys have anything else to add on that? No. The but with barbarian... you speaking about... Alright, Michael, say what you're gonna say. So the barbarian playstyle is... Oh, there. They're bad. They're bad things. Or get angry. Go in, walk in, be careless. Hit them in the face with a ginormous axe. And do not... Do not get death. Yeah. Um, barbarian is definitely the thing that makes you want to get hit. You want people to hit you, and the thing is, is that we'll get into armor class later, but the way it's built is that you actually want to get hit so people can attack attack you more because you, they see outcomes. Because some classes might have be very hard to hit, which means they're harder to kill. But if you can take all those hits, then everyone else can survive better. Especially your weaker wizard, which we'll get to later. So barbarians are the tank. If you're thinking about a war, they're they're the literal tank that's coming in. You know, they might have someone following back behind them, taking cover over them or under them, but they are there taking the hits for the group and dealing some damage while they're at it. Alright. I'd like to move on to another frontline class. And you said... Wait, um, I don't think we're done with. We should explain barbarian a bit more because okay. we just kind of gave. That's what a barbarian is. Now let's explain a bit of how to how to be a barbarian, but what a barbarian is like how to kind of like, like so like a barbarian. Your armor class is dependent well, on. I like, don't. You know, you don't. Yeah. I don't think we. I think we should just focus on describing what they are first. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next so one. let's go on to the fighter. Fighter. All right, fighter. At first level, you pretty much get to choose a fighting style, which pretty much just determines, all right, am I going to be more frontline, or am I going to be more, I'm using a bow in the back. With fighter, it's straight up, I am going to be really good. They get an ability, which will let them recover a certain amount of hit points or health for a bonus action. And with fighters, you're typically more careful, but you're able to attack an explosive use in the future, while barbarians are more or less just a constant rage. So I'm going to expand on what you said and try not to make you feel afraid. So basically, fighters are really good at hitting things a lot. They're one of the best people at just hitting something. Um, and they have different ways of which they could fight. So they could fight more with a shield you know, blocking attacks for other people, or they could duel, or they can have great big weapons, or they could be an archer. That's the idea of the fighter, is that you choose some one way of fighting. Like, you choose one, like, how are you going to fight? Are you fighting with a sword and shield, a big sword, two swords? That's basically your idea of the fighter. It's the most versatile fighting, and you're just really good, and... But... It's not like the stamina or the survivability of the barbarian. So you're not the one wanting to take the hits. You can take a hit. You can serve that role when there's no barbarian. But you're really there to be up front, making sure your spellcasters are safe, and dealing strong hits. Also, a lot of hits. I believe that what fighters are behind... They can do like five hits yeah, they're like one of the fastest ways of hitting. Yeah. Riders can do six hits a turn. 
Yeah. At Most the highest level. For, for yeah. one turn, per long rest. Otherwise, it would be normally two, I believe. Okay, well, no, let's move on from two. that. It's like three. Yeah. But let's so, move yeah. on from that. Um, so basically, is... fighters are really good at just attacking. So yeah, they're like they're weapons. versatile. Yeah. You go up there and hit things, or you do whatever you made your character to do, and yep. So do you want to go into monk now? Let's go into paladin. Paladin's a very paladin. Yeah, I think monk is something we wait for. Like, I think we should handle monk, warlock, and stuff like that later. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, a paladin. You picture a paladin. It's usually like someone. They're kind of like the cavalry. You know, I think that's a very common way to look at it. Is there? They usually one of their main things is to ride on a horse or something of the yeah. like. So they're they usually the ride into battle. Um, yeah, they they are the knight in shining armor, using the power of God to strike down evil. Yeah, and they to, since they're also spellcasters, they have the ability to like heal, and they're very uh, diverse class. Generally, <laughs> spellcasters are harder to get into. But once well, you do, they're more interesting. But that's just a personal really a, belief. Yeah, they're not really a diverse class. Um, they're really oh, yeah, not diverse. Things. Yeah, like they they, they have, have a like lot a, of options. But I mean, you're still you still got a lot of options. But they they use spell. They are spellcasters, but they use spells to make them hit harder. Like they have martial um, spells. So martial yeah. basically just is a word that describes weapon fighting and high end weapons. Martial spells are basically spells that affect your weapons, not just mm. do damage on their own. So yeah. these spells would either do a lot of damage at once or just more damage over time. So they're mm. really good at like healing, curing people. They're very like oath like. So it's like your oath, like you're trying to protect someone. So you would also be actually one of the other tanks, but I wouldn't say you're as big of a tank as the. Uh, barbarian yeah um All right. yeah barbarian and i'd is... like to backtrack a little bit here mm-hmm. we said we were going in order of like spell casting yeah, ability oh well we're no not. i thought we were doing uh how up front yeah i think that's a good way to put it all right I don't, how up I don't... Front. if it was yeah. up front in this we probably should have done paladin before fighter but it doesn't really matter it's fine anymore. it's yeah. fine so yeah it's like the if so, we were like, doing marshalness marshall then simple all right Marshall if we were spell. doing upfrontness, it would have went barbarian, monk, paladin. Yeah, I don't so want to get into monk right now, okay? It, yeah, well, it doesn't matter. We'll do monk All after. Right. So, All right. do you want to do so, ranger now? Uh, I, I think just, we should. Yes. So, paladin is like, yeah, it's the knight in shining armor. It's the good boy using the power of God. So, uh, like a martial spell, a martial spell, like a, an, an example is divine smite. I use the power of God and infuse it with my weapon and deal extra damage on an attack. That's what he means by like a martial attack. All right. Yeah. So I think we should go on monk next. Monk's the well, I'd say time. ranger is more similar to paladin at this rate. Um. Well, no, I wouldn't say. I think ranger is very similar to fighter. And paladin, though, I'd say it's actually awfully fi- uh, similar to um paladin unless if you want to do ranger and then go to spell casting with druids um well it does we, we don't have to go we, we should stop um, talking about this interval thing yeah right, okay so. let's go monk then yeah all right so with the monks your quite literal main ideal 
is to punch someone. You're not using a weapon. You're going to punch someone. Yeah. So you're Unless punching people at later way. levels because, like, you punch goes in higher damage the higher level you are. So, like, for your first four levels or so, you're going to be using a weapon, but you'll be able to attack someone with your fist as a bonus action. So the main things about monks are run up, you can run away if you feel like it, and just punch them. Yeah, yeah. At, at the earlier levels, you're going to want to use, like, a spear. I know when I was a monk, a I short used a spear. A spear, some kind of hand, some kind of like smaller weapon, because yeah. you only get proficiency with simple. You can only use simple weapons, unless you do something special to get special weapons. So you just attack yeah. once and then punch it, and then another thing with monks. So it's, they don't use spells; they use key points. Key points is kind of like their own kind of magical thing, where it's just uh, use them to do more more things, like it's a spell. Like you can use a yeah, key point once in an extra time. Basically, is there power it's their stamina it's what it's their limited resource so you can use yes. to a really strong and stunning or like you know a really powerful blow or just many blows that's basically what a key point can do it can yeah. increase your speed of things of movement or attack speed or it can just increase your damage and that's basically monk yeah so if you uh, want to be the person going up punching people acting all like wives and um you know kind of like they're re very religious as in the way of like you know i mean i think we all understand what a monk is like if you know anything about history religion yeah so yeah monks are kind of then again um monks are also like really magical like two like examples of it is like you can tell if you choose a certain way to go a certain subclass um you can teleport around or you can use the way of the four elements you basically become the um avatar, avatar. And you use, yeah you become the avatar uh, okay and, you and um elements for anyone fight. who's confused a subclass is basically the class within your class that you get at higher levels or at the first level depending on what class you are okay yes so i'd say next up would probably be ranger no, i'll um, just go with the ability of a monk to run away if they are getting scared. Oh, rogue, yes, thank Another you. class that has the ability to run away if they feel like it is rogue. Yeah, with a rogue, um, you can be a sniper with a bow and arrow or a crossbow from however far you want, or you can be right up there with a rapier ready to stab them over and over again. Yeah, the rogue is the Kind of like a, the scoundrel and also like the ninja. If you want to play a ninja, then the rogue is the way. You go and hide. You hide and then you go up to an enemy and you hit him with a lot. Unless they know you're there. And then you can roll. You get stealth attack, which makes you do a lot of damage. Which the higher level, the more damage it is. Just like the monk's punches. Yeah, I'd say a rogue is definitely one of the like classes that's actually very interesting. Um as a martial class because it's like this it's this character that can like really do a lot of damage statistically speaking but they're also very good at being stealthy and like pickpocketing as they're very deceptive and very um so, dexterous so they can they're really good at like 
reaching into things, grabbing things, unlocking things. They're like the typical thief you'd see, like, or like, you know, um, someone just like a scammer or something. They it's just not even someone. just a thief. Rogues yeah. can be good with anything with their first level expertise, which mm-hmm. well, will allow you to get double good at something pretty much. Instead of yeah. you just being proficient in it, you are now double good at it. But let's not get too far into this. Basically, rogues are really good at things, like, and uh, commonly it would be seen in, like, being very stealthy or very um, good at stealing things or telling lies. <laughs> or even telling the truth, you know? D&D, you want to think of a rogue as evil, because that's the way that most of them are written, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, you, it's your character, you are the leader of this character. You don't have All to right. stick it to a thing, even though it's more conventional. Alright, and the class that I believe is funnily alike the rogue, but is most definitely not, is the ranger. Because, like, you can be up close with two weapons hitting them if you want, or you can be sitting back with a bow. So, yeah. let's ranger? explain a ranger. Um, I'd say the best way to put a ranger is it's like a fighter. Yeah, it's. I think it is it's a like fighter, but it can cast spells and has flavor to it. So the meme in D anD D is that, oh hey, you're a basic fighter. But the other meme is, no one plays a ranger. There's yeah, ranger an explanation for that. It's not, not because bad. they're a bad class. Um, basically, well, the ranger was. If you look at the classes, and we'll get into druids later, they're basically like a fighter and a druid. They're a very nature-inclined fighter. They, you know, they're really good at tracking things. And they're very good with other things. But the only issue is that they're very specific, at least in their core ruling. So, I will. We can explain this later if if we do an entire episode on rangers or something. But there is a way to get past the stigma of the original writing of the ranger, and it's done officially in a book called Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Yeah. Also, with- like. If you want to think about what a ranger is, it's very similar to, like, with the Mandalorian, if you know what the Mandalorian is. Yes. It's a guy, you hunt down things, normally not, like, a sword, uh, sword for sale, but it's, like, the way you do, the way he tracks, and the way you can use most way, like, if you want to be in back with the rifle, like, or you want to be up front with the black sword, like, whatever yeah. you're doing, it, you can... It's it's very similar to the Mandalorian. Some people look at the Mandalorian based on their morals as like a paladin. Yeah. But at yeah, the end of the day, paladin. the way they fight is more ranger as they are really good at like searching and scoundreling. Like if you watch the Mandalorian, the type of things that it does is kind of like what that would do, but a more nature inclined sense. With the ranger, I'm going to briefly touch on this it's a little bit more of an advanced concept but just so everyone knows why the ranger isn't played that much you have three main things in D. you have the role play aspect the combat aspect as well as the exploration aspect the ranger was built to be really good at that exploration aspect of it but that is the part that is most overlooked and put aside by the dms since most DMs will focus on the combat and role-playing parts. Am I wrong? Uh, You're not Um, wrong, and I want to cover that in an entirely different episode, just making 
exploration better because the thing about exploration is basically what happens when you're getting from point a to point b and generally that could be overlooked time jumped or just bland yeah because like i mean i know it definitely depends on the dm like i've played um three camp there's three campaigns that i really really played but that not just for like a couple of sessions and that it stopped or i didn't want to like for whatever reason didn't play and the diff- the main difference between them is how they deal with like the smaller things. Like, I know with one of the campaigns I did with um um this one uh doctor, he was very like specific and like what you did like I know um some campaigns you just go, Okay, uh we let's take a long rest, alright, okay, redo all the uh long rest stuff. You get the thing of it. But with him you gotta find out where you're gonna sleep, who's on like watch to watch to see where like what's coming to not get ambushed and it's that's like it's, also like where the range is good but you do it's the very tedious little things so when yeah. something does happen you can add so you can add in little things but let's not get into uh running that i think we should just focus on a ranger is really good with a good setting so that's why we want to expand this podcast more if you mm-hmm. know your dm isn't you know trying to make it interesting or they aren't running anything officially written because most homebrew stuff kind of skims out on the exploration but if they're running something like um i know the uh isn't it the um not the starters kit but the what's the one we played jake first one we ever played dragon of ice fire peak yeah but what kit was that under the essentials kit usually that's what it's referred to as and I'm pretty sure that has a lot of the basis for running stuff like that. But that could have also been because we played with the same DM as Michael was explaining earlier. But basically, rangers, they use spells to better hunt down people. And their spells aren't less focused on their weapons as a paladin would be, but more focused on targeting a creature. Which is why it also isn't as likely or as favored by the uh, the players of the game, but one built properly, actually taken in consideration with the campaign itself, it could be a very interesting class. So I think we go on to the newest of the classes now. Um. All right. So all that's left now is essentially the spellcasters. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. Um. So I... what I'd like to talk about first of the spellcasters is warlock then bard because both of those classes have a designated melee subclass within them well i think we should actually focus on the artificer oh yeah that's right the non-core artificer is actually a lot like um ranger except they're not really focused on their weapon they're just heavily mixed like, it's it's a really weird way to put this, but I think you have to take it by the subclasses. So an artificer basic idea is they are tinkerers. They are people that make stuff. So you figure they either make their main things out right now that is officially written include making potions, armor, artillery weapons, which includes like flamethrowers and uh, ballistas, and just making like allies to fight alongside you. That one's a bit more vague. 
but it's still basically the last one you have this assisting robo dog so right. um i'll let you guys take the ground until i'm ready to add more on i am not that familiar with an artificer everything that you said is pretty much everything i know since i have so yet to play one I've actually, this is one of my favorite classes. So it's one of the most technical classes as far as like their use of technology, as they're one of the few classes that actually have innate or just, you know, are able to use like firearms no matter like what time period if they exist. Because most classes can't really use them unless your DM says so. But this class, if they exist, you can use them. And um, they're just really good at making things. One of their core features is to just make magical items or make current items magical in a sense they're called infusing items i'm not going to get too far into that but um you also get a couple of spells they, they have healing potential so basically what you're doing is you can like make potions for your friends to drink that would be the potion making one you can make armor for you to wear and you can be very like front force even like an honestly they're a lot like a barbarian except i just made one that was super hard to hit now it's just a question of getting the people to try to hit you even though they will miss a lot but you can easily do that you can because part of it is actually making yourself hard to hit and making them only want to hit you that's part of this class it's like okay you're using your technology to solve problems like other people dying so you can do that or you can make artillery weapons to sit from the back and send cannonballs or burn down the enemy line or you can fight up front with a dog helping you basically so that's the artificer and they're very smart i'd say that much they're not i mean you have that they're smart and like they're built to be smart um since well, it was built recently, it's built to heavy intelligence and nothing else. Um, so it's like it's like as intelligent as a wizard would be. Yeah, it's a, like it's it's yeah. They use your intelligence in more of a uh, mechanical, like you'd figure, like working on if they were like a modern person, they'd be the one to work on cars and like making. Yeah. They'd be the Mark Robers of the world. Let's be real here. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, shall we move on to Druid? Yeah, I think Druid is kind of similar in a sense. Um, so, Dru Druid's like... It's one of that, my favorite. Dru Druid's one of my favorite, too. It's a really fun class to play. So, what it is, is it's, it's like, very nature. Nature. Nature-like. Um, one of the main abilities is to turn into animals and fight with the animals' abilities. And like, in one of the books... Wolf. All your options are changed depending on which way you want to go. So I have a friend that's playing this druid that can basically become a star as like astrology is a form of nature. But I also played a druid that I could like occasionally shapeshift. But I was more focused on like having a herd of animals fight for me or calling lightning from the sky. I could basically just change the nature around me and heal friends. You're just using nature as like a powerful essence. Yeah. Yeah, like Paladin, their power is God and being good. Their power is nature. And 
then they they also have like spells to like heal too. They're like so like the ma there are some main healers that heal more. This is like kind of like a lower level of like a healer. Yeah. But, yeah. Um. No, actually, no. There. Um. I'm gonna say that's wrong. All healers basically gain their power early on. I'd say druids are one of the best healers. Based on the spells what? that they get, they're actually almost better than clerics. Well, yeah, but clerics' whole thing is healing, so you would no, focus. No, it's not. No, more. it's not. Oh no, it's not. Well, no, it's not that. But that's how people play cleric. You know, not but always. Not all. Yeah, not always. But yeah, it. If you're gonna play a druid, it, it can be a pretty good healing, but. Normally, you wouldn't want to f focus on exactly healing, but I mean, you you can like. Yeah. Um. There's there's also a subclass for just healing. Um. I there do is? really think if you have healing potential, have it. Most of healing in D and D is either out of combat or used to get someone who just went unconscious back up, because healing just to top off hit points in D and D is very just not a good idea. Since mm -hmm. healing is a limited resource within the game. Yeah, so I think level. any healer is a good healer in the way it's built. And I think Druid actually has one of the best healings. Because even the smallest amount of healing can be great. And they're really good at keeping things up for a while. Which includes actually one of their healing spells. Which we might get into with spells with Jake sometime. But they're generally, they're a really good healer. They're a really good class. They're just kind of complex. You yeah, have they're... to talk to your DM about it. Um, we can go into a whole episode on each of these classes later or something. But basically, they're really interesting. I managed to play as my first class, but I had a really good DM to help me play. And it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what's up? Warlock? Wizard. I'd like to talk about Warlock, since they have an entire subclass devoted to being front row. Mm -hmm. Alright, go ahead. Alright, Warlock. This is the first class I ever played, and essentially the first player character Zack ever killed. Okay, Warlock. I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you mean? You sorry? You killed it. Ten, you killed Jake's character ten thousand times in that campaign. Yeah. You just keep. You just kept dying. And Same that was honestly. They were mostly my fault. They were mostly my fault. And then we set him on All right, fire. But with the warlock, okay, let's move on. With the warlock, your main thing is you got your powers from in other worldly being that really isn't a god like the most yeah. common form is a devil another yeah. one is oh hey i got my powers from there is a subclass which is i hey. got my powers from god but like it is yeah. very different i played than a one that they got power their powers from, from like a genie so like yeah. Yeah. Which is, um i would but say with warlocks what it is is there's a contract that you pretty much sign with an other. You sell your soul to the devil for powers. No, yeah, you, you, you sell your soul. Devil, you make a contract, no. and yeah, make a in the contract, point. whoever is giving you your powers can demand things from you. And this person who you sign the contract with will become known as your patron. 
Yeah. And this patron will sometimes ask you to do some things, though most of the times DMs do not bring this patron in for any reason. Okay, can I just say some a quick overview about the class? Yes. So Warlock is one of the most interesting classes with an automatic built-in type of like dynamic feature of what are your goals? Like, what are your personal character goals? Which is what I originally wanted this episode to be, but as we started talking about this episode, we decided that that should be a later episode. Um, yeah. But basically, Warlock is really option. There's a lot of options for Warlock. You can build a Warlock that's heavily built on fighting up front, or you can build a Warlock that's heavily built, focused on spell casting. You and can build a Warlock that is... Uh, only good that when it's up close, or you can build a warlock that can snipe someone with a cantrip from one thousand two hundred feet yeah. away, and yeah. push also, him back twenty feet and bring him forward twenty, and you can do a lot. All right, let's back into that. But with warlock, but, you get these things from your patron at higher levels, known as invocations, which are literally. Flavor your character how you want. Here are 20 things you can choose from. Flavor yeah. it. There is a ton of flavor. Um, So there's Chain, which basically, oh, I want to summon a creature to help me fight. There's um Hex, which is... Jay, can you explain that? Hex? Right. Plus person Hex. So what Zach is getting into are the Pact Boons. You have Pact of the Blade, Pact of the Chain, and Pact of the Tome. Tome is... You well, I was going to explain Tome. I Can I explain Tome? <laughs> so Tome, you gain a ton more of magical spellcasting, and one of the cool things is is that it's very, like, spellcast... You're very focused on your spells now, because they have very limited spells, but they're very powerful, as they just, like, you know, it's the raw power. They can only give you so much power, but as you get stronger, all the power is stronger. And one of the spells is you get to cast a ton of, like, you can just create an entire book of any ritual spell. So basically, you're taking these spells that don't require any physical resources like spell slots to um, cast, and you're basically saying, well, now you're smart enough, so you should be able to cast all these spells if you learn them. And with Pact of the Tom, you also get to learn some cantrips. With Pact of yeah. the Blade, your main thing is being up front and summoning a weapon, actually, and using that weapon however you wish. So I, my first Warlock, or one of the first Warlocks I played, was a Pact of the Tome that was up front. Because with some of the cantrips I was able to choose from, it enhanced my weapon better than what I thought I could get out of Pact of the Blade. Yeah, I'd say Warlock... Um statistically is so diverse in your options that it isn't as powerful um but don't worry about power in this game since you'll have all a lot you more gotta spawn. worry about is making sure you can sell your soul to a devil but honestly yeah. i'd say because i was actually playing a warlock that was trying to get every witch ritual spell which is a spell that doesn't require components it just requires time to cast and my goal was to a try to get spell can require components okay well i'm just like no, not spell slots i'm just like explaining that it's very you have a lot of options of custom customization and it's very diverse 
it has this idea of okay you gain whatever you choose from someone you choose it's very diverse and you have a lot of role play potential with it and it's a very good class if you want to have goals for your character because you have all these options to lead to goals mm-hmm. so i'd say it's yeah. one of the best characters role play wise it re- it really hits that role play really good and then it hits combat pretty decent so i'd the say it's problem the only problem with warlock is that you sh- probably shouldn't play it if you're a newer character like if it's oh, if you're no. gonna play D for your first time this is not the character you want to play as, because it yeah. is still a very complicated. What I was play. relatively new, I want to say, it was about this time last year. I played in a one high level one shot, and I played a warlock. And the amount of options I had, and I had the amount of options I had to choose at that high of a level, just startled me, and I didn't know what to choose. And it's definitely, if it's definitely a class you want to build from level one to ten, not play at level ten. Because there's different ways of playing the game. Instead of different levels, you could play for one session. You could play for oh, a year, two, ten. Yeah, we're about to meet uh, Dr. Person. We're about to end our campaign at Whoa. two years. It's fine. We're at level That's 17. Yeah. Um, so, basically, yeah. There's different ways to play. I Unless if you're starting at the lowest level, I would not recommend Warlock for your first character. Yeah, unless you're starting within the first two levels, I would recommend not going with Warlock if this is your first time, because at level three is where you make the really big decision, and I'd recommend actually playing your Warlock before you have to make that really big decision to sort of get yeah. the feel of how you want to play that character. Because yeah, at level one, you automatically get your subclass. Level 2, it gets a little bit more complicated, but it's very easy to handle, yeah. even if you were to start off at level 2. But at level 3, unless you know like the dynamics, it's going to get really confusing really quick. Yeah, so I think we should move on. It's a very complicated class, and it can be very fun or very boring, depending on how you make your character and how you like to play the game. So, uh, I, th- I would like to kind- talk about Bard. Bard? Yeah, I think it's time for Bard. Um, Bard. I don't want to talk about Bard here. I'll let you guys take it away. Right. I've only had one experience with the Bard, and it wasn't good, so I'll let you guys take it away. In mine and Zach's first campaign, our other friend played a Bard. That Bard was really good at everything. He was good at performing. He was good at inspiring us in the middle of battle to help us hit harder. Which brings me to the point of Bards are... A support class that doesn't necessarily heal, but more or less distracts and manipulates the battlefield in people's minds. They heal. <laughs> they heal, but like uh, our friend's most potent spell ended up with people not being able to do anything on their turn. What? Uh, what was it called? Crown of Madness? Yeah, I think it was, like, Crown of Madness, or... But it was a... Yeah, but it was a spell that pretty much made sure that the person did nothing on their turn. And Uh, with... 
And with bards, you have many spells like that where you can just manipulate how things are going on in the battlefield. Yes, you can heal, and that is a main aspect about them. But you also have different subclasses which tie into how the bard is played. Yeah, You have one that is literally called the College of Swords. Which we can all imagine what that means. Then you have... Uh, I want to say it's College of Lore. Yep. And which, then there's Whispers, Secrets. There's a lot of... um. There's a lot of other ones of that will play. give you abilities. And I think yes, Bard really hits the roleplay. A lot out of, of the three of Expedition, like Roleplay, and Combat, Roleplay is most definitely where... The Bard hard. definitely hits like the head of the party pre-combat prep. Um, you know, like stat bonuses pre-combat. And when they get into combat, they may fall off a little bit, but they're a support character, and I think it's best to look at them like that. They they do a lot to like um help. Yeah. Um mm -hmm. all right. Um, do we want to talk about sorcerer or wizard next? Yeah, let's do wizard. Alright. Wizard, these are known as the uh not so healthy boys. Literally, if you get touched Pushy by wizard. anything, you die. At low you levels, you will die pretty much. You just vaporize out of thin air. You're gone. You, you will get the lowest amount of hit points tied with sorcerer. Oh, but sorcerer. Sorcerer also gets more armor, though, right? No. Yeah. So wait, no, sorcerer doesn't get that much armor. So unless you you can use maze maid arm um you can use magical armor on both of them, which you cast a spell and you get more armor. Yeah. Uh, let's not focus on that though. Basically, yeah. sorcerers are raw divine. Like, not raw. Uh, not divine. They're, not, they're just not, raw magic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, where sorcerers get their power from is quite literally their blood. Like, either some life-altering thing happened to them, like, where they were struck by lightning, maybe. And that's how they became a storm sorcerer. Or they got a dragon's blessing, and now they are a draconic sorcerer. Like, their a dragon might have blessed their parents at birth and said... Alright, I will give your son powers, or your daughter powers. And that is how this came about. Sorcerers yeah. just getting powers from pretty much magic and the universe itself. Thus They're really focused on them, line, even chaotic at points magic. Yeah, thus giving them their main things at higher levels is controlling how spells work they have this thing known as metamagic which will control how all their spells work in a sense michael would you like that on um no not really and like sorcer sorcerers and wizards are pretty similar i think they're the most similar classes to each other yeah. Right. So now um, let's talk about. I don't about... know much about sorcerer. We pretty much covered everything about sorcerer. Yep. Uh, wizard. wizard 
there is this book that you have. In this book, you can write down as many spells as you got. It costs money, want, but you can. So long as you are rich. As if long you are as you're poor, you're going to have to get a little bit of money for that special ink to transcribe all those spells. Yeah, man, ink's, ink's very expensive. If you want the most diverse spells possible, you want to go wizard. Like, they have the biggest spell list, and you can have the most spells prepared out of Honestly, any class, I'm pretty sure. If you want to go the most honed in on a type of spell, go wizard. Because their main subclasses, which are, you know, their classes inside of their classes, literally are just the types of magic. So you can be really good at, like, dealing with the undead, or you can be really good at, like, protecting things, or you can be really good at, like, illusions, illusions, or creating things. Like, that's literally what their main class subclasses are. There's other ones written. You can there are other those, ones but... written. But the main one out of the basic player's book is the different types of magic. Yeah, and it doesn't mean you can only cast that type of magic, but your casting of that magic is much better. I think the only issue, and I'm this is why we don't want to say much, is that a lot of one is chose over the other because of its technical power and how common some certain spells are used. That kind of just takes us away from actually playing the class because we see other better classes that we don't really get to experience class we really wanted this to be up to you so all we're going to say is that you can choose basically your one type of magic so if you want to be a necromancer and revive the dead or if you want to be someone who changes the elemental aspects of things you can do that as a wizard that is very much true all right so then we have covered all the classes, correct? No. <laughs> no. No? We're missing Forgetting one? one? Jake, guess what? We gotta see if Jake remembers all the classes. Jake, what class are we missing? Barbarian. Oh, cleric. Cleric. The mom <laughs> of the party. Oh. The what? The mom of the party. The one that just sits there yeah. protecting everyone and threatening not to heal you if you make them angry. <laughs> so yeah. uh, clerics are really powerful. Uh, yeah, yeah, but then again, you kind of need a good class, like, because, like, if if you're, I'm not sure you'd want to be a cleric as much as if your, your class is full of tanks, like, if you're, like, a half-half class and there's people that need healing, not people that are just going to go in and not die, it's going to be different, because, like, so, yeah. clerics, um, they have magic healing, um, you said they mainly focus in healing, there's one yeah, subclass that focuses in healing like heavily. Yeah. Other than that, they don't they have, have to focus in healing. Like, they have fire they're, and undead. They're like paladins, but more spell casting based. And they paladins are like you know they're oath. These guys are um religious more, but they focus on spells from religion. Um, and just like a church, most these spells cost a lot of money. <laughs> yep. But um, it's a really good class. Um, there's a lot of potential in it. I want to say it was about the fifth character I played in the campaign where Zach killed at least three of mine. Yeah, they're, they're really high. They have a lot of healing potential. 
but um, yeah. I wouldn't say there's necessarily best. They have a lot of healing and protection potential. The thing My entire feeling... role when I was playing that character was to make sure Zack did not die with his barbarian. The thing about healing, uh, though, is, I mean, the paladin has healing. I don't paladin... think it's a matter of what healing, it's just your options of how you can do healing. And the thing is, healing is just as simple as raising your hit points. You can't yeah. really flavor it any way else. So, um, it's yeah. hard to say one is better at healing than the other. You're all great uh, at healing. Yeah, it's, it's arguable. I'd say the cleric has a higher, higher end level of healing for, like, really high level stuff. Like, let's say if you're trying to keep a barbarian raging... Your cleric would be really good at keeping their hit points high instead of, like, if you're playing low level, if you're playing something that doesn't require characters to necessarily, like, maintain being conscious, like, which is something yeah. at high level is very important, but at low level, any of these healers can do yeah. any good job. So, like, what if you're talking about healing, Paladin, what their healing is, is they touch you and you heal whatever number they pick. Um, from whatever level but they are, they, or they, they also, also have the spells area. of healing. They yeah, also have the spells uh, of healing. That that's what I was saying. They also have area yeah. healing spells. Like, um, they have a couple. I don't remember what they're called, but they're they're just let's, like an area of effect. Everyone in this yeah, area. Let's not worry about that right now. Yeah, let's not worry about this. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that is the classes. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, we're getting kind of long into this one. I'm gonna say it's been like. How long has this been? Did we start? About an hour. Um, I don't think so. No, it's been more than... We started... Yeah, it's, it's been about a little more than an hour. It's a bit under an hour, actually. Alright. So, yeah. as I said, Somewhere my main there. thing is going to be introducing you guys to a spell. Yeah, God, I'm going to be introducing you to the basic Warlock spell, Hex. So Hex is a first-level enchantment spell, which enchantment is a school of magic. And the basic idea of Hex is you curse a target, no saving throw, no anything. And what happens is you deal a 1d6 necrotic damage to the target whenever you hit it with an attack. And you can also choose an ability. And an ability is either like how strong they are, how resistant they are, how fast they are, how smart or wise or charismatic they are. You choose any one of those abilities, and you will give them disadvantage on anything relating to that while they are cursed, which means that anything that falls underneath that ability, they're just going to be a whole lot worse at it. There is a whole lot more technical stuff into that, but I just want to give you the basic idea of Hex. So that way, if you want to play a Warlock, per se, you can look at the spell Hex, or just remember it, look at it in a little bit more detail, ask your DM, hey, what does that mean? And they will be able to give you a short 30-second explanation on what it is. I think that was pretty well done. Oh, um, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Saving throw is not included. It is only ability checks. So that does not include attacks or if they are required to make an intelligence saving throw. 
I read that wrong, even though I have the book right in front of me. Yeah, um, there's some there's some YouTubers I think that cover this better. I know I've been watching a lot of um, ooh, uh, let me find the YouTube channel real quick. But I I mean, there's definitely people who explain spells better and how they statistically work. Um, we're just basically explaining the flavor of the spells. If you want to know a um, oh okay, I remember. If you want to know the actual spells and like um here yeah the actual spells and um how good they're actually are um you could just look up the php you'll probably be able to find a copy not going to say if it's illegal or not somewhere and you'll be able to figure out the name of the spell Type it into YouTube, and someone will be able to give you a good rundown on what it is compared to my basic minute until we get farther into player building and things in D&D that are like, all right, here is what you need to know. I'm trying to remember the YouTube channel I've been watching a lot. Um, there's just one YouTube channel that I think... It's called Pack Tactics. Um, it's basically this YouTube channel that goes over just a lot of statistics. You can watch his. Uh, I've been watching a lot of his videos recently on the statistics of spells. So if you want to know, like, he has one video called Hex is a Trap, basically describing how other options are better than some options, and that basically trying to get the players out of the a lot of these like things like this channel try to basically let the players know that the usual picks aren't always the best and there's actually some better picks out there that are more interesting but i think it's good that you went over hex because i still think it's a good spell i just don't know if it's the best spell especially for its use all right so do we want to end off the episode here then? Yeah, I also want to put a side note. Uh, generally, spells with Jake would be more of a like middle thing. That happens like whenever break happens, and they'll be more edited in than actually just done live. Um, but other than that, I think we can move on to the end of this episode. All right. So. After this is dungeon protocol. Well, actually, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you after, said you were done. Well, I was say so. Basically, what we went over today, if you weren't paying attention fully, is we went over the classes, the classes in D anD. d That should show. Basically, you by now you should have an idea of what you can do as a class in D anD. d Some you can put together. That's a bit more complex. We might do an episode on that later. It's like explain some builds, but generally, and this is what I tend to go for more often, is just one single class. And this should help you make your character, choose what you want as your stats, what you want as your race, what you want as your alignment, what you want as your background, what you want your character to do. This is basically your template now. So, 
Michael, if you want to unmute and join us for the end. All right, never mind. Okay. Oh, wait. What's the last word I said? What's what? what? I, talk, I, I said, I said, I said, Jake, what's the last class, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. It was, it was making clear. sure I wasn't muted the entire time. No, yeah, yeah, I was. All right. <laughs> Wait, were you muted for that long without realizing it? Oh, yeah, we had a third guy, except he decided he, he's just kind of uh, forgetful. He just had like a whole essay out about how he's going to say well, we talked about muted. cleric. I don't want to talk about Blood Hunter. I don't think we need that's something that's that is something we can dabble with whenever we talk about homebrew. Yeah. All right. Blood Hunter, emo paladin. No. <laughs> Dude, there's Yeah, so it's much... pretty much a homebrewed emo paladin made by a very popular form of D&D players called Critical Role, but we don't need to get into that. What we do need to get into is that it's the end of the episode. So this was Dungeon Protocol. Signing and out. See you later. Ooh, takes off sunglasses. Okay, I'm. I'm having you guys always do the. I'm having the guests do the outro. Bye. Bye. <laughs>